Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Let's face it, friends, we live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient, it's safe, it's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Roberts. And as always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the signing day edition of The Yard, much later than I anticipated, so I do apologize. A lot going on today. I had a couple book signings today. 
kind of prolong things. But uh, also, too, the way Mississippi State elected to do things, a little different, too. They spaced these things out, and so it took a lot longer than I anticipated to be done. So here we are. So some of you will be listening to this on Thursday. Uh, and so I've had a chance to kind of you know reflect a little bit and kind of look at things, kind of where things stand, where do we go from here. But the number one thing, I think this is the biggest point of the day, and I'm going to write about this tomorrow. Mississippi State, no wet blankets, because it seems like every signing day, either we have somebody that didn't sign or somebody that flips, there's always some type of signing day shenanigans that put a damper on the Bulldog day, but not today. Not today. Jim Moorhead and his staff go 22 for 22. Of the expected signees, they get every single one of them. Great, great effort in that respect. Now, you could argue, you know what? Hey, Steve, listen, good class, but, you know, we got to do better than top 25. We got to get in the top 20. We got to kind of get closer to the top 10. Listen, I hear you, and I agree with you. And so, yeah, I think we've got to recruit some better, some higher-ranked players, but they got to fit our scheme. So, but again, uh, if you look at it, you know, Mississippi State now, again, under Jim Moorhead every year, we've been in the top 30. And back-to-back top 25 classes, you go back three years, Joe's first class had to secure some things late, drop out of the top 25 because Dan Mullen took Evan McPherson, uh, took an offensive line recruit, I forget the name. But, uh, but you know, my point is Joe had to kind of navigate through that transition year, and now here we are, second full class under Joe Moorhead. I like the class, so let's, let's talk about the class, but before we do, Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. Love that place. Love those people. Love that menu. Love the service. Love the price. You can take your family out for a great dining experience at Bulldog Burger Company and not break the bank. You'd be surprised at the options you have on the menu. But if you're looking for a great restaurant-quality hamburger, you can absolutely find a better place. Then Bulldog Burger Company now with two locations to serve you, one in Starkville on University and now in Tupelo on Gloucester Street. Love going in, love the appetizers, get the spring rolls. They will make you and those around you better looking, and we all need more of that. Excited to be partner with Bulldog Burger Company, the absolute best place to break bread in Starkville proper, and now Tupelo again. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Starkville and Tupelo go to meet, M-E-A-T. So let's jump on in here. First thing before we kind of break down the class, really, really great atmosphere last year. We were not allowed to go into the recruiting lounge. We were like off to in another room, and it was just Brett Hudson and myself. And Brett's no longer on the beat. And so we kind of, you know, we were able to look and kind of see, but we weren't really able to kind of be in the room when Coach was talking to recruits and that sort of stuff. And so while many of you were kind of sweating things out, Mississippi State had just about every national letter of intent in very early this morning had most of that in hand long before they were announced by the university. Because they already had those in hand and had been checked by compliance, it was no longer a recruiting type issue. And so as the media, we were able to be there. And so, again, most of the trepidation and anxiety of the day had already subsided really long before the festivities began. 
The only one we really had to kind of sweat out a little bit was Tyrus Wheat. And I understand that Baylor came back on him with vengeance in the final hours and basically said, hey, listen, Mississippi State's not being honest with you. Uh, you're going to have uh, Willie Gay and Errol Thompson coming back next year. So you're not going to play. They play two linebackers and they run you know, a 4 scheme with a nickel. And so uh, you're going to be on the bench where you could start here. And so they kind of confused him for a bit, but it all worked out. It all worked out. And Tyrus Wheat's going to play a lot for Mississippi State next year. Need to get him on campus and get him going. We, we really like the looks of him. Not a lot of guys his size run as well as he does. Big get. Remember, State didn't sign linebackers last year. You had two SEC backers in the state. One went to Georgia. One went to Auburn. Mississippi State signed it. Neither. And so now you get Rodney Gross and you get Tyrus Wheat. And we'll get into that a little bit more. But that was really the Tyrus Wheat situation was the only one that seemed to be a little bit unsettled as the day really began. Many of you were kind of sweating out Malik Heath, uh, Emmanuel Forbes, and uh, LaDietrich Griffin already in hand. There was nothing to worry about all that stuff. It was all handled. And so if you were a jeanspage.com member, and you darn well should be, if you were on the page, you saw Paul Jones and I both saying, hey, listen, there's really nothing to worry about outside of Tyrus Wheat. And that's because we pretty much, we knew. We knew what was tra what's transpiring. So uh, that's kind of where we were. So again, you get through the day, no issues, no flip must this December. And again, it seems like it's every single year. It seems like something happens every single year to just put a wet blanket over our enthusiasm, but not today. Today was a day that we were able to just simply enjoy the fact that our football staff and our football program was putting together a good signing class. And in addition to that, some folks up the road were absolutely in flames, absolutely in flames. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a look here. Running down the class here, uh, currently ranked 25th in the country, last year 24, right there at 25 right now, and uh, got 21 signed recruits plus Brendan Ruiz to grad transfer, and they'll eventually add him into the ranking. And now State will probably need to pick up a couple pretty good prospects in February to maintain a top 25 ranking. And that's the one that counts as the final one, as much as they can count. Uh, but let's go ahead and break this down and begin to look here at what we have. We uh, we talked about Jaquavius Marks, the running back out of Carver High School in Atlanta, Georgia. You may not know this, and maybe you do, but former Mississippi State Bulldog Quentin Wesley is the strength and conditioning coach there at Carver High School. So you, you wondered, okay, well, is there a tie there? Is there a connection? You know, th there is one there, you know, kind of a loose connection, but still somebody that was in his circle of trust that had a working knowledge of what Mississippi State was about. And that was an important relationship because I think as the other, you know, schools began to kind of get serious about him, Quentin Wesley fully understood the culture here at Mississippi State. Jaquavius Marks also spurns Florida. That's not news. We, we've kind of had that for, for about, I guess, 10 days or so. Dan Mullen and his staff go in and have an in-home visit with Marks, and then they shuts it down. Uh, Florida not signing a running back today. Interesting, right? I mean, and Dan Mullen asked about it in, in the uh, post-signing day press conference. He's like, hey, what's uh, how do you feel? And he's like, hey, recruiting's not over. Well, listen, I hate to tell you, Dan, there's not going to be a lot of value left in the running back market uh, post-signing day December. So, again, this is one of those things you hear a lot. 
It's not about who you got. It's who you beat to get them. In some people's eyes, and Jaquavius Marks, the highest-rated player in the Mississippi State class with a 93.62 ranking from 247 Sport. Uh, and again, really not a lot of trouble with him. You know, when it first, he first hit the radar about a year ago, everybody's thinking, you know, do we really have a shot at this kid? And we did. And then once he committed, it was done. And to his credit, man, he was a guy that never caused any real trepidation. Second highest ranked player in the class, Emmanuel Forbes. And I give Emmanuel credit. Once Matt Luke and the staff at Ole Miss were fired, his recruitment was over. There was a lot of discussion throughout the process that he had favored Mississippi State over Ole Miss and was simply trying to survive the process. There are a lot of people in his ear, and he had some friends that, uh, you know, that are of the Ole Miss variety. And listen, we, you know, we don't all have Ole Miss friends. I don't know that I have any, but, uh, but you know, if you grow up in Mississippi, chances are you grow up with people that uh, that root for different teams on uh, on National Signing Day. You know, I mean, they, they root against each other in, in these rivalries. And so, Emmanuel Forbes, again, relationships on both sides of the rivalry. But he had every opportunity to commit to Ole Miss. There were people that expected that to happen shortly after he was offered after a summer camp showing. It never happened, and he never took the official visit. And while it looked like State would hang on to Forbes in the later stages of his recruitment, once there was a coaching change at Ole Miss, that really removed all doubt. And so – Great get. Uh, this is another guy, too. 6'1", 170 pounds or so. Going to need a year in the weight room, but with his length, you can see that he will be a guy that uh, will be a big-time player. He was also a guy that really forged a great relationship with Will Rogers. A couple of early commitments that kind of bonded together and were leaders in the class. And not only were those guys committed to Mississippi State, they were committed to each other. So there was that esprit de corps. So it was difficult to kind of back out because it wasn't just – hey, that's the quarterback from Brandon. That's Will. That's my buddy, Will. That's my future teammate, Will. Uh, Ladetra Griffin, Tulu, another guy. He decommitted and then recommitted and really never gave State any trouble after that. Yeah, he put some things out there. You know, I've still got a top four in Maryland and Arkansas State, and those people are involved. Really not a lot of anxiety with him down the stretch. You know, when Jacob Peeler left Ole Miss, it really kind of removed all doubt about where he was going to go. There was a lot of talk. There was a lot of big talk out of Ole Miss boosters in Philadelphia that that Tulu would never play football at Mississippi State. There were some people that really were committed to that early in the process, but all that kind of lost its juice. And Mississippi State is where LaDietra Griffin wanted to play football. He certainly had the opportunity to commit to Ole Miss because if you remember early on after he committed to Mississippi State, all the Ole Miss folks, and people forget these talking points, they said then – uh, we didn't even really offer him. He didn't have a committable offer, you know, until he did. And then when they thought that he might flip, all of a sudden that offer became committable. But the bottom line is, Ladetra Griffin, excited about his future, uh, really happy to have the process over. He told me last week during Mississippi-Alabama All-Star practice, he was really ready for the process uh, to end. He had had all the fun he could stand, ready just to kind of get back and enjoy what's left of his senior year and get ready to get over to Mississippi State. And he is a guy that is one of those guys. Like, you know, let's, we, we always talk about length at wide receiver. You know, the, the, the speed skill set is what corners really, really worry about. Guys like LaDietrich Griffin that are explosive, guys that are quick twitch and can make plays in space and make guys miss and get loose. He is a guy similar to Chad Bumpus, Jamion Lewis, that type of player. 
And we really haven't had that dynamic H or that slot receiver in a while. We've had some guys that have lined up and made plays from time to time. But uh, I think Tula Griffin is a guy that can be a difference maker for State. Probably needs a year in the weight room. But uh, he's a guy we feel really good about. Now, the one guy that I think on the defensive side of the football that will be an impact guy this year is Jordan Davis. One of the top-rated junior college players in the country, rated fourth in the country by 247 Sports, is Jordan Davis out of Cullen Community College. Spent some time in Bahalia, spent some time in Memphis, signed with Alabama, Under Armour All-American. Another guy, when, when he committed, people were saying, you know what, Steve, you know, he's kind of wishy-washy. You know, this is a guy he'll probably commit two or three times before signing day. Never did. Never did. couple reasons why. Jim Moorhead, Deke Adams. Great relationship. They worked with him, believed in him, were in contact with him regularly, and he committed to Mississippi State, never looked back. This is a guy that we expect to come in and really improve the pass rush really from day one. It'll take him a few games to kind of figure some things out. But this is a guy that has NFL potential. This is one of the best defensive ends in the country. He was one of the best defensive ends in high school, one of the best defensive ends out of junior college, and we expect him to be one of the top pass rushers in the SEC. Very, very good get. Now, Malik Heath, I mentioned him a little bit earlier. That wide receiver position has always been something, especially in recent years, I would say in the last four seasons, as a unit, State has kind of struggled at wide receiver. You know, Fred Ross was here in 16. Fred certainly had some moments uh, that year. Didn't have a lot of pieces around him to protect him. But in 2015, that's a Donald Gray, uh, Deronye Wilson uh, year. You know, you had some guys doing a good job, you know, but it's one of those things, too. Uh, you haven't had a difference maker. Now, Malik Heath's one of those kind of guys, too. Now, the route tree for him is a little bit limited. Okay, he is one of these deep posts, get deep, run the fade type guys, and you need a deep threat. But the rest of the route tree is something he's got to refine a little bit. He says that he will be here in January. We certainly hope so. Need the benefit of a spring practice with him. But he's the guy, too, that you know a lot of people were worried about. There was never any real serious anxiety uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I said last night in the chat session on Gene's page, I, I won't really rest until his national letter of intent is in. It's because I know Malik enjoys the attention a little bit. And you notice even he tweeted out, I know some people will say I'm making the wrong decision. Mississippi State's where I want to be. Words that effect. He's Bulldog now once again. It's a guy that signed on with State at a Calvary High School two years ago, went to Colin. Now he's ready. And uh, he is one of those guys. You know, we, we looked at that receiver group two years ago. We said, you know what? We've kind of got it figured out. We got Malik Heats, we got Wap, we got Stephen Gidry coming in. Gidry is a guy that has had no trouble getting open. He just hasn't been a guy that would secure the catch. Devontae Jason leaves the program and uh, signs on with Nickel State. If you recall, if you listened to the show some time ago, when uh, Wap left the program and then returned, Nickel State was one of those one of the only schools that was willing to take him as a transfer. And then he ends up there, and I believe that's a level where he can be successful. He's really struggled here in the SEC. Uh, but Malik Heath, I think, could be the guy from that class. You look back and say, you know what, I'm glad State stayed on him. Dylan Johnson, one of my favorite guys in the class that nobody even really talks about. Dylan Joseph out of uh, Greenville St. Joe, three-time state champion in football, Again, a lot of people around the situation tried to suggest that Ole Miss could get him whenever they wanted to, asked him point blank about that. He goes, that is absolutely false. 
He gets cheered against Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl every year of his life. Now he'll get to play against Ole Miss in every Egg Bowl of his life. Excited to have him. Still think he's going to play receiver. I've been part of a running back. Has the potential to play a lot of other positions, but he is an explosive player. Also a very articulate guy, very intelligent guy. Look for him to, to make an impact early in his career. I really like him. I think he's undervalued as a prospect. And listen, you can say that about a lot of guys, but I think that he is a guy that has not had his just due. The same can be said for Janari Dean. Janari Dean, another guy that will probably have to come in and play as a freshman. Probably expect him to play in the rotation at safety as a freshman this year. Pretty thin back there. I mean, pretty thin in the bowl game too. But Janari Dean has a chance to be on the two deep as a true freshman. It just depends on how hard he's willing to work. And if you know much about him, you know he's not scared of that. Excited about what he brings to the table, to say the least. Rodney Gross Jr. is a uh, early graduate, will not take part in things. He's got a, uh, a shoulder injury that will require some surgery. They'll get that cleaned up. That's why he didn't play in the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game. Again, very excited about him, but he is a Mike linebacker. State really needs an outside backer, but I think he is one of those the best available backer at the time, you know, within the recruiting footprint. And, uh, you know, listen, you're going to need some run stoppers in this league. You're going to need some guys that can step in there. And if you ever watch Rodney Gross's film, you'll see what I'm talking about. This is a guy that enjoys the contact element of college football. You know, he will step in there and put a hat on somebody and, and, and really make that physical stop. He's not scared to take on guards. He's not scared to fit a gap. Uh, I like him. I just I worry a little bit about him in space, but I don't think he's going to play a lot in space. I think he's a guy that's going to play kind of like an Earl Thompson type role. I mentioned Tyrus Wheat. This is another guy that I expect to make a, a major impact. Probably your starting Mike linebacker in 2021. I think Earl Thompson and Willie Gay are going to be back too. So give Baylor a little credit for uh, for maybe seeing the situation there. But I think Tyrus Wheat's a guy that'll be in the rotation. Look at what state's losing this year. Leo Lewis gone. Right? He he's out of the mix for sure. And Shamar Kilby Lane gone. You know, state's gonna have some guys that you know you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of linebackers that kind of move on from the program. And there's some other guys too you're still kind of waiting out to see if they're gonna they're gonna develop. You know, you know, Timothy Washington. There's another guy that's gone. So you got three scholarship backers moving on. Uh, you got to figure it out. You know, Tyler Dunning left the program. You know, he was a sophomore, and so there's there's a there's a big gap between those juniors and uh, and those freshmen. So we will see how things develop. But uh, I think it's a good get for us to say the least to get Tyrus Sweet and Rodney Gross. But uh, these guys are going to have to play. Javarius Selman was actually the first guy today. This is a guy you can expect. I could see him playing as a freshman as a punt or a kick returner. We need that. And I think, you know, he is a little bit on the smaller side. Five, nine and a half, five, ten type guy. Got some quicks, got some foot speed. Was not 100% much of the early part of the season. Will be when he gets here. But uh, this is another corner. It's a guy that you can move around some. And play it very probably 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 a field corner, I guess, but also a kick returner. And uh, again, you know, I, I like what we're doing with this cornerback class. 
I like the fact that we're going out and we're getting some in-state kids that have played at big-time programs and guys that have competed uh, at a high level. I think Javorius Selman is kind of undervalued because he committed so early. Jaden Wiley, a big-time player. He's real raw. He's not a guy you look at and say, wow. But when you look at the athleticism and you look at what he is you know, projection-wise long-term, you get him in a college weight room, you begin to kind of teach him the nuances of the position, the guy's got the athleticism you're looking for. Again, it's a four-wide receiver class. Uh, he is one of those guys, too. I, I really liked him early on just as an athlete. Didn't feel that he would play quarterback, but felt like this guy's a receiver or, or a safety. Like the fact that he's going to have the ball in his hands. If you look at his film, you'll see what I'm talking about. Is this a guy that what he runs away from people? Once he gets in the open field, there's, you're not going to catch him. You know, he is a guy that's got good good foot speed. He's a long strider. He's what some people would call a two-stepper. He's, he's really long-limbed. And so once he gets into full speed, he covers a lot of territory in a hurry. Jevin Banks, you guys know what a fan I am of his. This is a guy that committed a long, long time ago. He was right after a junior day event. Next thing you know, he's in the boat. We're moving forward. Really like him a lot think at his size that he will probably put on about 25 pounds and slide inside and be a defensive tackle long term. He wants to do that. He wants to be able to use his quicks. And this is the guy, again, that's a very physical football player. You heard me talk about him, about his play in the Mississippi Alabama All-Star game. This is a guy, too, they worked sometimes as an attached tight end on offense. He rarely left the field in high school. Rarely left the field. Was part of everything. I think he wasn't on kickoff return team, maybe. Maybe. But I like guys that are active. I like guys that are competitors. I like guys that, that want to be involved. And he was. And Olive Branch had a good year this year. And they got a good staff up there. I like that Olive Branch program. They kind of had some lean years for a while, but they're back. And I think, you know, guys like Fabian Lovett and Jalen Reed and Jevin Banks, Xavier Hill, those guys have kind of put this program back on the map. You guys know what a big fan I am of Will Rogers. And, um, when I first met Will Rogers, I thought there is no chance of Mississippi State ever getting this kid. Will's family, long-time Ole Miss folks, you know what? They're Bulldog people now. Really excited about Will. Will's a great leader. We talked about him a lot as of late, being the guy that's kind of been the, you know, the leader in the class, a guy that was uh, reaching out to the rest of the commitments. He was a guy very instrumental in Jaquavius Marks' recruitment, even though Marks is already kind of leaning this way. Will reached out, let him know that, hey, I'm going to be a quarterback. Let's go do this thing together. Like all the intangibles with Will, you can turn on the film and you can see this is a guy that has an incredibly high football IQ. He is the son of a coach. He's watched a lot of film. He is one of those guys, you'd call him a gym rat, I guess. But uh, one of those guys, too, Always working to get better. Always willing to go to the field and throw, right? One of the guys he'll be throwing through is Caleb Ducking. Now, Caleb is a guy, too, that uh, came to Mississippi State, didn't have any college offers, and left with an offer uh, out of Rolling Fork of South Delta High School. Very excited about his future at Mississippi State. But listen, he is, he is as raw as the world is old. He is a guy that has the measurables. He's a guy that has the frame to be a big-time receiver. I put some film on his 247 sports profile, and you can kind of see for yourself how well he runs and what an imposing figure he is out in the pass pattern. But he's got to really kind of learn to play. Now, maybe you redshirted him this year, maybe you don't. But now that he's here, you can kind of figure it out. 
but you don't have guys with his size and speed that come along very often. If you're going to go sign four or five wide receivers, one or two of those guys are going to be developmental players, and that's what he is, even coming from the junior college ranks. But I think when you have a guy that has his measurables, you got to take a shot at him. Armandus Cooley. I believe he is the second-best defensive tackle in the country. I mean, pardon me, in the state, in the country. I'm looking at some of the rankings. The network currently has him ranked as a 23rd best player. I don't agree with that at all. I think that is very, very wrong. I really believe he should have moved up in the rankings after the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game. Now, maybe he'll move up some between now and the uh, the end of the process. But uh, no matter what they rank him, it's not going to have any impact positively or negatively on his ability. This is a guy that's going to come in. He's a true three technique. A guy that's already weighed around 270 pounds. He'll be a 300-pounder very, very quickly. But he has the frame to carry that weight without hurting his dexterity. I think this is one of those guys we're going to look back one day. When you begin to think about guys like Fabian Lovett and guys like Jaden Cromedy, I think Armandus Cooley is of that same variety. A big, physical, quick-twitch guy that can get in there and play on the interior and not just be a guy that fits gaps. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people out there, you're just kind of hoping, hey, don't get blown off the ball and kind of hold your gap. That's not who he is. I think he is a guy that can penetrate and make plays in the backfield. I think that's what he is. I don't think that he's just going to be a stand-your-ground defensive tackle. I think that he is a guy that is going to kind of bring some heat and get some push on the interior. Really like his game. Uh, Cameron Cameron Threat's a guy that we have talked about forever and a day, it seems. Been committed to Mississippi State for a long time. Never gave State any time uh, to, to feel nervous about his commitment. His family's 100% committed. Uh, he is ready to go, and he's one of those kind of guys, too. Once uh, he and Jevin Banks kind of got together in the mix, they became even better friends. Another guy that was originally recruited to play safety he will slot out there and play for Terrell Buckley's corners. And when you look at this group and you begin to look at this corner class status put together, I remember last year Coach Buckley took a lot of criticism because uh, you, you lose D.J. James and you couldn't close out a couple of guys and people were like, you know, hey, what's going on with corner recruiting? Responded pretty favorably this year. And I think, too, if you go back and look, we moved Jari Gunn Jones to corner from safety, and he and Martin Emerson are two of the, the biggest fan favorites on the defensive unit right now. Might eventually move J-Dub back to safety, but we'll see. But, you know, I think it's pretty clear when you give the coach some players to work with with some real ability and some measurables, uh, he can make some things happen. And so you begin to look at this class and you, you realize, you know, Cameron Threats, Threats a guy early on that, that looked to be, uh, you know, maybe some people thought he might be a bit of a reach. But when you look at his senior film, I don't think you feel that way anymore. I know Coach Buckley's really excited about him. Trey Lawson, uh, you know, kind of a forgotten commitment because he committed so early, but he is one of those guys, too. I don't want him to ever be overshadowed in this class because I think he is another guy that helps bring some pass rush. He played as a true freshman at Florida State, uh, ended up transferring. Florida State came back in on him. How about that? Not a lot of talk about that, but Florida State kind of came back in the mix after the coaching change, trying to say, hey, listen, this is a guy that can really play. But Trey wasn't hearing it. And, uh, yeah, again, a guy very early in the process is committed to Mississippi State, and tr stayed true maroon uh, from really beginning to the end of the process. You kind of committed out of nowhere, and the next thing you know, uh, he, he is a raving fan of Deke Adams and Joe Moorhead. 
had opportunities to go elsewhere, elected not to go. And uh, he, he's coming in. Tattoos, long hair and all. I think you guys can get behind that. Those are good people, right? Grant Jackson, another guy, you know, it's funny. Hearing Marcus Johnson talk about Grant Jackson, he talks about, you know, every time that he talks to Grant Jackson, Grant's working. You know, Grant's either chopping wood or feeding the cattle or cutting somebody else's grass. You know, he, that every time he's active and doing something, this is a kid that's grown up knowing how to work. He'll come here. It'll be a different kind of work, but he won't show any aversion to any of that. This is a guy that's grown up outside. Mississippi State has built a program on guys like him. 6'6", 304 pounds. If you saw that picture of the commitments when everybody came in for the visit, he was the tall, imposing guy. This is a guy that makes Joe Moorhead look small. It's a guy that makes Marcus Johnson look small, bigger than both of those guys. It's a mammoth of a man. You know, listen, we got we got to get him in the strength and conditioning program a little bit. He's country strong. We got to get him SEC strong. But uh, again, a good developmental guy. Plays at a smaller classification. You know, so he's kind of gotten by on being bigger and stronger than people. Got to work on his technique a little bit. But again, he's not going to be rushed into service. You signed a great offensive line class last year. These are some guys that are going to kind of provide some depth for a couple of years. Calvin McMillian, another guy, very early commitment. I like Calvin a lot. He, again, is very raw. Very raw. And there are times, you know, when you watch him on film, he shows flashes and you think, man, this kid can be really good. And then other times you watch him and it's like he seems a little bit disinterested. That's what college coaching will have to kind of get out of him. It's the consistency factor. That's really the issue with him. He's a competitor, but sometimes he doesn't always compete at a high level. And uh, I, again, I think Marcus Johnson will get that out of him. I, I like the pick. I, I thought early on when I saw him earlier in the season on film, I was a little kind of hot and cold with him because it did seem like he took some plays off. But that's something, too. you got to get him motivated, get him going, and that's what college coaching can do. And that's Listen, we've got some great coaches at Houston High School. Those guys on the football and baseball side have won a lot of football and baseball games. That is a competitive high school program. Uh, so he, you know, he is used to being in a program where there are some expectations. And I think that, that benefits for the future, too. Benjamin Key, as you guys are well aware, he was the first signee in the class because of the fact that uh, he was in Australia with his family. I uh, hadn't seen his family in a while. They were here for the official visit and uh, loved the video out of ESP in Australia uh, when they showed all that. Very, very happy to have him as part of the team. Turned out to be a little bit leaner than I expected. But this is a guy, too, that's going to you know, be a difference maker, I think, on the uh, ro- in the rotation at defensive tackle. Probably could have used some junior college, college guys this year at that position, but you'll have them next year. Another guy that's uh, worked hard and done a good job, now expected to be here in January. And I, and I believe the only junior college guy is going to be Caleb Ducking that doesn't roll in January. I believe, as it stands right now, the expectation is for everybody other than Caleb Ducking of the junior college class to be here in January. The last commitment added to the class is to Camryon Richardson. Not a big surprise. We've talked about him on the show this is a guy that State has recruited throughout the process and then eventually offered late. He is a guy that some people have told me they believe he is a professional football player. They believe he has that type of potential. We'll need to embrace the weight room to get a little bit bigger and stronger and faster, but he is a guy with his length, athleticism, and instincts that they believe has the potential to play in the National Football League once his college career is over. 
that's a great get. You know, this time it always seems this time of year it always seems like we're losing somebody or we're missing on somebody. Not this time. And finally, Brandon Ruiz, the uh, <laughs> the the Arizona State kicker, he signs on today. So State goes 22 of 22, and Ruiz is the guy that'll be eligible to play next year. He is the guy that can consistently kick the ball in the end zone on kickoffs. That's one thing a lot of people have said. Well, Steve, what what are we going to get with this? You know, why do we need a kicker? Well, we need a guy that can consistently get his touchbacks, and that's what Ruiz can do. That's why he's being brought in, to bring some competition to that position. He's a very talented guy. Now he's signed that he'll be here. Don't have to worry about any of that. And so, now where do we go from here? Well, many of us need to go to Campus Bookmark. That's our friends over there right off campus, a uh, Stark building and institution. Stan the man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, and oh, how lovely and talented she is. Go by and see them for your last-minute Christmas shopping ideas. Many of you people in your family are Mississippi State fans. They want Mississippi State merchandise for Christmas. No better place to get it than Campus Bookmark. And if you can't make it to town, you can go visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmark.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete and mild. Let me tell you, dad and all the kids, everybody wants Mississippi State merchandise. Listen, we won the golden egg. Again, we'd love to have that golden egg championship shirt. We're going to the Music City Bowl again. We'd like to have that Music City Bowl shirt. We'd like that maroon and white fleece. We'd like that jacket. We'd like a new cowbell. Any of this Mississippi State stuff, you get us, Mom. We're going to be grateful to open it and feel good about life. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to put it on. We're going to rep the brand. And then we're going to want to go to a ball game. So maybe get us some tickets, too. Maybe get us some ball game tickets. How about that? All right. So where do we go from here? Well, so there's 22 guys signed, not committed, signed. We did remove John Carice Patterson from the commitment list. Their state has three spots left that they can use. So Joe Moorhead said in his post-game, or post-game, and in his uh, press conference today, we're going to just take a look and let's take an inventory of where we are, what's available, and, and who didn't sign, what junior college players are available, what grad transfer players are available for immediate playing time, that sort of stuff. We'll look at it all. I suspect what we're going to see is another offensive lineman, an outside linebacker, and then a best available. Now, that could come from the high school ranks. That could come from the junior college ranks. I have heard mentioned a few times that we would like to get an older safety, whether that be from junior college or from the grad transfer market. So I could see that happening. That's why I like the Jacorian Bennett thing not working out was something that, uh, you know, is really kind of a detriment for Mississippi State. We never expected him, but we felt pretty good about Jacory and Bennett after his official visit. Seemed to be in pretty good shape. Takes that official visit to Maryland, ultimately signs on with them. And you know what? It's about competition, really. Mississippi State's going to return Tyler Williams, Martin Emerson, Jari, and Jones. So there's really only one spot left in the rotation. Might have a better chance to play earlier at Maryland. You know what? Best of luck in that situation. But Mississippi State could use and experience DB somewhere. So I think that's how it plays out. If you can get another receiver, I think that's a possibility too. But because you didn't lose anybody, 
it's not emergent. You got four receivers signed in December, and it looks like all but one of those guys is going to have an opportunity to play probably this year. That's one of those things you look at and begin to think, okay, if we have the ability to get somebody that's impactful, I mean, like when we expected Isaiah Zuber to be that guy this year, it didn't work out. But that's one of the things when you looked at last year, Joe Moorhead, I thought, did a great job working the transfer portal, the grad transfer portal late, getting Tommy Stevens, getting Isaiah Zuber. Those guys did not have the seasons we expected them to have, but the recruiting effort was there to get them. Could see something similar, but I think it's now you, you take some time to figure out what are your options? What are the best available players? There are, so there are going to be some high school guys. There are going to be some value still in the uh, the talent pool, but the competition to get them is going to be much greater. We saw that last year, you know, and that's what I think is so significant about Joe Moorhead securing the 22 signatures today. Both years that we've had to deal with this, you know, last year Nathan Pickering elected not to sign. D.J. James elected not to sign, and then ultimately went somewhere else. Martin Emerson elected not to sign last year. So State had to kind of work through that. Joe's first year, Fabian Lovett elected not to sign. State elected not to sign Jalen Reed in December. And then you go back, and so it's a different deal this time because now you're only having to recruit for three spots. There are some other people within this state that are going to have to basically fill out their class in the secondary signing period. Those are the things you look at. I would not want to be in that position, and that's one of the things that I think the early signing period, kind of an unintended consequence of the early signing period, is the fact that you've got to make these rush decisions to hire coaches, and then they don't really have time. Like you look up the road at Oxford, they basically had about 10 days with a partial staff to try to you know keep this class together and, and not really add to it. I mean, they're, a lot of these guys are just trying to figure out, you know, what they're going to do with their families. And so it's not just at Ole Miss, but other places, it's very difficult. And listen, I know we all take some glee when things are, when there's bad news at Oxford. And I think a lot of people have kind of had some laughs at their expense today, but it's difficult. It's a very difficult situation with that early signing period in December. You don't have the luxury of taking two to three weeks to do all this due diligence. You've got to make a decision pretty early. Hey, you know, we're going to make a decision here. And I think you know, if you look at Ole Miss, you know, they were talking about keeping Matt Luke, which didn't jive with any of the things that I was told in the summer. But then all of a sudden they make a move, and it's like they had to kind of recalibrate. And you bring in a guy that's unfamiliar with your territory, has not recruited Mississippi, doesn't have a lot of longstanding relationships here. And then on top of all of that, they relieve Jacob Peeler and Derek Nix, who were their best two in-state recruiters. And so what does that mean for Mississippi State City? Well, I'm so glad you asked. In about six weeks, we're going to start junior days. Mississippi State knows who to invite to junior day. Mississippi State knows who to offer at junior day and prior to junior day and after junior day. Mississippi State already has relationships. Mississippi State knows where Stone County High School is. Mississippi State knows how to get to Greenwood High School. Mississippi State knows where East Central High School is. We don't need a GPS for that. We've been here. We've got guys that have been around. 
And so Mississippi State, I think, has a real chance to get out of the gate strong. Now, depending on who you talk to, the 2021 class looks to be as good or a little bit better than the 2020 class in, in state. You've got some quarterbacks, we, you know, Luke Altmaier and Ty, uh, Ty Keyes, great players, great players. you got some other guys out there that, you know, Amarian Howard, who is uh, the son of my supervisor out here, right? Committed to Mississippi State. And so there is some skill in this class, and I think the fact that State is going to be able to get out of the gate a little bit stronger is very, very important. I think that's one of the things that people kind of undervalue is being able to set the tone early. Being able to set it early you know, State's got Kadarius Callaway already committed for next year, too. You know, you've probably got two top 10 or top 15 players in the state of Mississippi already committed. And listen, I know what their rankings are right now. That won't be how it ends. It won't be. But the main thing is that, uh, you know, when you are able to get out there early, you don't have to introduce yourself. And that's where I think, you know, the folks at Ole Miss, you know, they that they're going to have to kind of fill out their staff here and their class in the next few weeks. And then as those guys are, you know, packing moving vans and that sort of stuff and trying to secure, you know, lending for new homes and that sort of stuff. And their wives have got to buy furniture and all that. We're, we're going to be recruiting. We're going to be talking to guys that we have been recruiting for two years. We're not going to have to introduce ourselves. We're not going to have to say, Hey, listen, welcome to our our school, and uh, this is the guy that's going to be coaching you because those guys are already going to know. That's the thing. Recruiting is about relationships. And what really kind of drives that point home, people forget Mississippi State had a pretty brutal October. I don't know if you guys remember that. I know it's one of those things we, we, we like to forget. We went O for October. Oh, for October, we had a four-game losing streak that began at Auburn and ended after A&M. And I really thought A&M might have been the worst game we played all year. Some people would say Auburn. Uh, I think Auburn was more talented than us. I don't think that A&M was that much more talented than us, and we went down there and didn't play well. But because of the relationships that Joe Moorhead and his staff had built with these recruits, they didn't waver. During that difficult stretch, they didn't waver. And then they all celebrated with us in November as we go three and one, knock off Ole Miss in really kind of an embarrassing fashion for them and get Bo eligible again. There's a reason Joe Moorhead and the staff went 22 for 22. And really the fact that there was only one guy that you even kind of worried about. There was only one guy you said, you know what, what's going to happen here? I don't know. And then Tyra Sweet signs on anyway. And a lot, again, a lot of that's about relationships. When you have a relationship, and then when the other people come in and begin to kind of, you know, bad talk you a little bit, negative recruit against you, you can overcome that and withstand those attacks because you have the relationship. It's very difficult to build a relationship in 10 days. Very difficult. Nobody has that kind of flash. It'd be one thing, you know, if Nick Saban showed up and began coaching at Texas yeah, then, then hey, then, then Nick probably could go get some guys. Hey, listen, we're going to go do this. 
But when you're new to the territory and you don't have relationships with high school coaches and you don't and listen, you don't even know which boosters that you can talk to. You don't know who to trust. You don't know where to eat, much less who to talk to. You don't know who, who is giving you good information and who's not. But I think state has a real opportunity to get out of the gate strong. This year, I think the class in Oxford is going to be washed. I don't think there's any question. No matter who they sign in, in February, and listen, they'll probably pick up a couple of good players. I mean, it's, it's an SEC opportunity. There are going to be some, some teams out there. There are going to be some players out there that are going to, hey, listen, I want to play in the SEC. Okay, great. They'll have an opportunity to do so. But I don't think it's going to be a situation you look at and say, man, what a great class. I, you know, it's That's just not a fair expectation. It's just not. And so when I began to think about, okay, where, where does this thing look right now? Let's, let's take a look here at the SEC rankings. Alabama 1, Georgia 2, LSU 3. Alabama doesn't have, I don't think, any room left for, uh, for players in February. I may be wrong. LSU didn't have the day many had hoped. They're third. A&M 4, Auburn 5, Florida 6. Tennessee 7, South Carolina 8, Kentucky 9, Mississippi State 10. Kentucky uh, with 20 commits and a good day today for them. You know, we've got a chance to move up, but uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Ole Miss 11 with 18 commitments. I don't, they didn't sign some of those guys. There'll be some mixing and matching with all of that. Vanderbilt is 12, Missouri is 13, Arkansas is 14. Arkansas just 10 commitments. And so that's another thing, too, when you look at this whole Ole Miss thing. If some of these guys they didn't sign today won't sign with them, our Ole Miss will like not to sign them. But now you're going to be competing against Vanderbilt, Missouri, Arkansas for really a lot of the same kids. And so the the competition level, let's just say this. I wouldn't want to have to go sign 10 kids or so in the next six weeks with the depleted talent pool, because most of the best players in the country have already signed. There'll be a few that haven't. Of course, you know, guys like McKinley Jackson have not signed. Still like LSU for him. But it's going to be a different day and time. It's just a different deal having to kind of piece it together here. We Listen, we saw it last year. You know, we're trying to go find a defensive tackle out there. Worked the grad transfer market, worked the JUCO market. Just couldn't find a guy, couldn't find a fit. And that's just one position. I can't begin to imagine 10. And you'll go find some names. There'll be some guys out there. But it's just one of those things you look at this thing and begin to wonder, what's going to happen when we have to go play a football game with these guys? Because that sometimes is lost in translation for some people. It's not just signing day. You know, being slack on signing day hurts today, but it hurts even more when you got to go put those guys on the field. As you guys have heard me say a million times on this show and others, it's not the kids you don't sign that get you beat. It's the kids you sign that can't play that get you beat. And we've had some of those guys too over the years. You know, sometimes you need numbers and you got to go take a guy. He may not be perfect for your scheme or system, but you need numbers. you got to go sign them. And this is what sets you back. This is one of those, you know, this is not an official sanction, but this is one of those things that happens. You know, when you begin to kind of put substandard football teams on the field and you go five and seven and four and eight, this is what happens. 
Then you end up making a coaching change in the middle of a recruiting cycle, and the next thing you know, you've put together three out of the last four classes that are really not very strong. It's part of life. So let me give you guys a little more information, too. I know some of you guys are, are still looking for um, some last-minute Christmas gifts, and so I am going to be signing books for the next several days. So this Thursday... I will be downtown from 5 to 7 at Book Martin Cafe for their author event. That's downtown Starkville. I'm in Starkville. I'm not leaving Starkville until after Christmas. And I guess when we go to the bowl game. That's my next time I'll leave town. Friday, I will be at Campus Book Mart from 12 to 4. That's this Friday. Saturday, I'm going to be at the Lodge all day. I'm going to be there from, I guess, 9.30 to 12. I'll take a break for lunch, and I'll come back, and I'll stay from 1 to 5. I'll be there all day. Sunday, I'll be back at Bookmart Cafe downtown from 1 to 4. And then on Monday, back at Campus Bookmart from 1 to 4. So if you are looking for Stark Villains or Flim Flam, you can find it pretty much a lot of places. But if you're looking for personalized copies, you can come down and get them in person, or you can order them at StarkVillainsTheBook.com. If you're looking for Stark Villains gear, find that at StarkVillains.com. Get yourselves with T-shirts and hoodies and clothe yourselves in villainy. Uh, and again, looking forward to um, to the next round of interviews for the next book. I mean, it's like a, I'm enjoying the book tour, but I'm already beginning to kind of look forward to the writing process again. Want to give a tip of the cap to our colleague, Paul Jones. Great job kind of helping navigate the recruiting coverage this year. He, he did the lion's share of the work. And then uh, he and Robbie did a great job today kind of keeping everybody abreast. Dave Murray and I got together, did a video, kind of updated people on what we thought. And I would be remiss if I did not mention that all of us here at the Boneyard and with jeanspage.com and really everybody in the Mississippi State family offering our prayers and, and thoughts from well wishes uh, to the three young men that were injured in a car accident on 25, two Mississippi State football players involved with that, J.P. Purvis and DeMonte Russell. DeMonte was treated and released at OCH. And then uh, J.P. and his and his good friend uh, Xavier, I'm sorry I don't remember his last name, and I apologize for that, uh, airlifted to Jackson. Much more serious situation there. And uh, details are still kind of sketchy, but in the end, it doesn't really matter. The bottom line is there's a couple of young men that are Mississippi State family uh, that are really dealing with some very serious issues. And so we hope we wish them the best. And uh, Christmas will be here a week from today, before you know it. And uh, this is not what you, we should be thinking about this time of year. But it is. The reality is those guys are injured. And, and uh we do expect JP to make a recovery, and that's one of those things, too. We, we don't know the full extent of things just yet, nor should we know, to be fair. He should have his privacy. But uh, he is in our thoughts and prayers, and uh, we wish him the absolute best. I will be back on Friday. Looking forward to being back with you. And, again, sorry for the later show, but I wanted to get it out there for those of you guys that are still interested tonight and then on Thursday. But Friday, we'll get back together and we'll talk a little basketball. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.